Hi guys, James Wilson Taylor here for Rock Sound and welcome to another edition of the Rock Sound podcast. This is where you'll be able to listen to all our latest big name interviews as well as a few that you might have missed over the last year during our video call series. And today it is our chat with Machine Gun Kelly. We recorded this back in September just as that huge album Tickets to My Downfall was about to be released. And we chat through the making of that record, his pop punk inspirations, working with Travis Barker as his producer, those collaborations with the likes of Black Bear and Youngblood and the used Burt McCracken, plus how much he loves the UK and why he cannot wait to get back to playing live shows. It's a really, really great conversation. And as with all of these, if you want to check out the video, you can. It is up right now on the Rock Sound YouTube channel. Just search for Rock Sound and click on the video call playlist. So without any further ado, here he is. Let's get right to it. In his own words, today's guest, it's Machine Gun Kelly. Are you man it's good good to see you man good to see yeah. you appreciate you doing yeah. this uh we'll start this off in the way we've started them all off which is to say of course i hope you and your loved ones you're all keeping safe and well as you can be in this very very strange year that we're having uh and just generally how's your lockdown been going for you man i see these lockdown sessions and everything looks like you've been keeping very busy these last few months yeah i'm not stopping dude i'm like i'm choosing it's, i think it's like a, you got you can go into a hole or you can go into a portal in this situation. I'm choosing the portal, so I want to ascend to something better. Yeah, good attitude to have, man. I like these lockdown sessions, i got to say, and it's nice um, to see the mix of stuff you're doing. I love the In These Walls with the Paris sample and everything. That's such a cool choice, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what were the kind of challenges in putting those together? I guess it's got to be kind of difficult in a way to, to figure out how best to do it, particularly at the beginning of lockdown when you were doing it. Yeah. I mean, I like to think that we set the standard for how to even like continue musicianship in lockdown sessions because I, or in the lockdown because, you know, I think Misery Business cover with me, Travis, and my friends, I think that was the first video to come out of anybody in quarantine being like, here's how we're probably going to deal with it. We're going to split the screen and you be where you're at, I'll be where I'm at. And this is how we're going to do it. And then from there, I saw it was, you know, getting this like, kind of like whoa we needed this like entertainment's like at an all-time low right now in, in the in the in the quarantine like movies aren't coming out like content's not coming out um but we still want content so then i mean the in these walls thing was really cool because that's that that uh that sample isn't even from the actual song it's from like i think it's from, like, from a live version it's like from a live it's i think also too it's from someone's cell phone it's like a it's like a youtube video that someone took on their cell phone no way wow yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah, it works so nicely, though. It was cool to see Lynn's reaction to it as well. Like, she clearly thought it was sick as well. So it's a really, really nice yeah. mix to see that come yeah, together. Uh, well, let's talk about the album, man. It's imminent at the time of recording. It's almost, almost here. Finally, tickets to my downfall. It's very, very exciting. I want to start kind of talking generally because, of course, you've already said this is very much a pop-punk record, which I love. And I love that you've really gone for it and you've really worked across the genre and it really feels like a pop-punk record. Um, talk to me about the musical inspiration points on that. Who were you citing from the past? What pop punk sounds were you looking to emulate within this record? Obviously, I was a huge Blink kid. So I, I and, and working with Travis, I kind of was like, you know, you want the secret sauce. And that comes from maybe, I don't know if it's like timing of the songs or like, I mean, some of those things were, that he was doing were so subtle that ended up being like what made a record so big. And like, I mean, I remember even on Bloody Valentine, we were like, we have the choice to either do a normal drum fill or like extend it to like a four to eight bar drum fill for no reason. And like, that will be 
some spice on a add it on a song that like I dude, I mean we we've been switching up the formats a lot of like what a standard song is. Like even like Concert for Aliens, I think it goes like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, guitar solo, bridge, something. It was just like it was just a weird like not not stand and then like there is no final chorus, it's just like a repeated phrase outro you know what i mean like they're like they're really cool um music aspects that i i haven't got a chance to dabble in because the way that like things were you know presented to us like this is how they need to be it was so formatted and so boring and like i got bored with the same stuff and i think listeners did too that's why like you know this is kind of a relief because it sounds like a bunch of people in there jamming some of these songs on the album i will say too are literally jammed at the exact same time. Like the guitar oh, no was being played and the drums were being played at the same time. Right. It's different energy when you do that. Different yeah, energy. And recorded at the same time. There's a song called World War Three. It's definitely the fastest tempo song of all of them. It's 59 seconds long. And that was played at the same exact time. Like there, it wasn't like, you do the drums first, this is the guitar, next you know yeah. we'll layer bass after that. it was all like the exact same time which is cool yeah proper band setup really feels like when you're in the room together it's just a different vibe like that it makes mm -hmm. sense man very very cool i'm glad you mentioned travis of course because his influence is all over this record absolutely and what i love about travis and and it's something i've spoken to with a lot of artists he's worked with recently is that when he works with someone like yourself it feels like more than a collaboration because he's got all those years experience it almost feels like he likes to take people under his wing a little bit and kind of guide you and give you that advice what was that working relationship like for you Started out just, I mean, as, I mean, he's my, he's my OG for sure. But then like, obviously when we got in the studio 10 years later from us meeting for the first time, we're friends. So we were just like, oh, let's jam some stuff. Let's see what happens. And then I think like this, I was watching like documentary footage back of us recording it. And I mean, I guess just footage I recorded with my phone, but I like to record a lot and capture moments. And I, I saw that the second day that we got in with each other, with the first day was Bloody Valentine, and the second day we came with the title track, which is like this kind of unique, like musical piece to intro the album, where it starts off slow, then the tempo picks up, then the key changes, then the tempo changes again, and it's just like a, it was kind of like almost like my chem slash queen combo. It's good slash, combo. Slash slash like. What is that like? I mean, I don't want to say. I don't want to say rancid, even though there is a a a a, a blatant Operation Ivy kind of homage on the record, but like, just like the, the I don't know. It's it's a it's a, it's a, I'd be curious to hear what people think about that title track, like what where those influences come from. But he was super, just like, you know tempo and, and, and key wise and like you know like I, I would have moments where I'd be like now nah, my voice strains too much right here like we should like lower the key so that I can like you know like my voice can can reach that you know height that you want me to and he was like nah like the strain is the coolest part like just push yourself till you get it and those little things like when I listen to it back I'm like it's going to be very hard probably impossible for me to do those live like I will have to like lower the key so that I can do it, but like on the day, like the record that lives forever, it's like, you know, I don't even sound like that. 
but that's me. But I just, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't even like naturally on my own right here with us like this hit those type of um, notes. But like, that's the beauty of it is when you hear it, you're like, yo, is this machine gun? Like, I don't right, know. right. <laughs> that's cool to be able to stretch yourself in the room like that though. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what you gotta do, right? You got those moments, you may as well absolutely rinse them and, uh, and really yeah, try those things. But you know that, so you have somebody being like, no, you're gonna do sure. that. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you always are gonna take like the, oh, I can't. Like, I just can't. I can't. You know, I can't do it. Like, doesn't make sense. Like, why? Why? Like, I. You know, whatever. Let's just lower the key and move on. And maybe it wouldn't have hit as hard if I would have lowered it. Man, yeah. It's no. It's cool when you got someone like that who's got your back, and particularly when you, you know, like you say, you're playing in this genre that obviously he's lived in for so long, and and it works so well. I, this is what I like. You know, is the fact that it is very different to your previous material, but it feels authentic. You're clearly a fan of the genre. You're clearly a fan of these artists, and you're giving it a go in a proper, proper way. It's really cool. Do you feel? that this is going to be where you live now or at least for the foreseeable future in this world pushing pushing this area for the foreseeable future is a good way to put it i mean i i think it'd be kind of injustice to do to just cut off one whole segment of my career which i mean dude this is a huge chunk I mean, it's four albums of like four albums and like five or six mixtapes of me just wrapping my ass off so it would be a shame to just be like, okay, peace out. That's not what's happening. I'm not switching genres. I'm more so just being like versatile. And I, and I think um, it would also be an injustice to just be like, oh yeah, that was a sick, like classic pop punk moment. Like that I was a part of and like, that was fun, peace out. Like it just dipped from that too. It's kind of like uh, the struggle right now, I guess is being like, I mean, can can this for the first time in musical history like be done that someone like does two genres at the exact same time like i mean it well you say that though but even on the record you you know you look at the track with black bear for example it's it's so clear how you've managed to blend elements of what you've done before true, into the new true. stuff and that true. really works really well i mean i met, was that a challenge to kind of find that balance in those I moments think so. i think it was kind of like you know, that, that song with Black Bear, like it went through so many phases. I mean, that was the one song that I had done a year ago prior to meeting Travis, oh, right. where it had a different chorus, a completely, actually, dude, it was a whole different tempo. The production was all different. And so we brought it to Travis and I was like, but these lyrics though, they fit so well with like the elements of what Take Us To My Downfall is talking about, where it's just like, these are like really niche situations that relate to masses, which is like, kind of like having this, you know, weird tension between a, your, your, your girl's friend, you know, and being kind of like, are we having like a little thing? And like, uh, you know, okay, I won't talk about it, but like, I definitely feel, you know, whatever. And uh, that chorus was not the same. And then, you know, I brought it to Travis. He's like, yeah, lyrics are great. All this stuff is great. I, 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 I hate the chorus. Like, let's, you know, the, the tempo isn't where we should be at. Let's like, you know, go here with it. And then, um, I went in and I freestyled that whole, like, I swear to God, I never fall in love. That whole thing was kind of just like, I mean, I mean, he literally just pressed record and I was like, mm, I swear to God, I never, oh, that's hard. And I, that, that kind of, that worked. So, I mean, um, it did take like, it, it took, you know, it took steps and like, even, even Bloody Valentine, I remember was a whole different drum pattern and a whole different key at first. And then it got to where it needed to get to. So, I mean, dude, I, I don't know. Most, most things were first take magic, but some things were like, yo, like how, how do we also 
because this is the part people have been making great rock music and pop punk music even throughout this dead period of rock and roll and punk pop you know so like, there has been but it it's not there there there's there was like a ceiling put on that because of like hip-hop culture rising so much and that being like what's streaming the most and that being so it's like none of the none of none of these people like figured out the formula to also snag this this uh audience to then bring those those type of streaming numbers i mean dude you don't look at like a lot of those songs unless it is like blink or the killers or something like that and see a hundred million plus streams on a pop, pop punk song we kind of found that out and with or we kind of found that formula with this with this album where it's like no like these kids are going to listen to this type of music even if they don't know that they like this music this is we're all speaking the same language yeah. and like it just took the right bridge to have that gap like united because I, I think like hip-hop and pop punk is the same thing like we're all dressing the same we all do the same like activities we all rebel we all get high we all you know don't know what's going on tomorrow we all suck at life sometimes we all you know like those things are all relatable um issues and content that haven't found a way to bridge with each other and i think like yeah i mean my past of that hip-hop um come up with my past of how passionate i was about i mean dude all my performance i mean i look back at like 2010 performances of me i was covering what's my age again yeah exactly uh, I yeah mean, i've been hinting, i've been hinting at this 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 for myself for a long time oh and i think that's why it works so well is because like you say like it is authentic from you it's very very authentic it feels right it feels like a good fit because we have seen that from you in the past and it, you, it, you you've seen it grow with you musically and it's interesting you say about hip-hop as well because that's something that uh your friend youngblood has said to us on camera how he feels that same way and the coalition of hip-hop and pop punk in that way i love when me and youngblood do records together because they they flow so well. I guess you wouldn't know outside of I Think I'm Okay, because I'm trying to think if we have any other records out together. I don't think so. I think it's just I Think I'm Okay. And But that was just like, I mean, you see how that blended and sounds and works. Um, the other records are, are no different. They're like just as big. They sound massive. I, 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 I'm glad that we have something to re-release -re and re-spike, you know, the excitement around this album in a couple months. Yeah, that's exciting, man. You guys are definitely kindred spirits on that and definitely, I think, got a similar yeah. feeling in terms of how you approach that and approach that mix in the genres. It's very cool. The other one as well, you mentioned um, that is a collab that you've done that hasn't featured on the record yet. Maybe it'll appear in that same way, but um, Bert from The Used, right? You did some stuff with him? Yeah, Bert, I th Bert is on the... It's like me, Bert, Youngblood. Like that, that's, one of, that's one of the songs. Sick. Oh, that's fantastic. Hard. It's wow. so hard, dude. Like, it's so... Because, dude, Dom sound, Youngblood sounds like a new version of Bert. Like their voices register in the same pitch and with that same like uh, ferocity. Like they both can like do raspy on pitch screams, which is sick. That's really exciting to hear, man. Yeah. That's the old school and the new school meeting right there. And that's very, very It's exciting. also like the best outro I've ever heard. And Oh, really? Yeah. It's like that, that song's outro is like, I mean, How's, I mean, you have to hint at it now. Is it, are we talking heavy? Is it a heavy outro, big drum outro, big guitar outro? You know, don't give too much away, but give me a hint. Travis is, it's my, in my opinion, it's like Travis's most unique drum 
I don't want to say loop because he just played through the whole thing, but like it's his most like unique drum cadence. I I heard him play uh, on any of the records, and the outro is just like it's like the most like just like classic pop punk. Like, how did no one think to just go say like? So how did no one think to just like say this before? Like, you know, I'm just it was like one of those things where I'm like, I'm so glad that this is on like our record. Like, we can like, you know the it's just a bunch of woes, but it's the way the woes come in. It's just, dude, it's so hard, dude. Oh, man. I, I, think that was, I think that was Youngblood that, like, freestyled that. Oh, wow. Man, mm. it's exciting. It's exciting to hear how hyped up for it you are as well. It's really, yeah. really cool to see, man. When and that's not even on one. this. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm already excited about the, the things that are coming after this. Like, I, I am really just so, so pumped, dude. It's a good way to be, man. It's a good way to be. Uh, speaking on the album, we've got to mention the title as well, because obviously the track on there that you've, uh, you've named after, Why Tickets to My Downfall, is why is that what sums up the record for you? During that time, it was like, I wasn't going nowhere fast, and I was kind of just like making a fool of myself, and that, and, and that was ironically the most like, the most I ever saw people come around me. And I was kind of like, why? Like, I'm like killing myself right now. I'm killing my, my, my career. I'm killing my like dreams. Like I'm like lost in this vicious cycle of like, you know, Hollywood gone wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't enjoy this. And why is there's the, why do I have so many friends right now? What's going on? Like, what is, there's nothing like, there's there's nobody like offering light at the end of the tunnel in this. It just seemed like they they were just like crash, 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 and so that was that was. And then ultimately, I mean, I was sitting at a table with my friend Charlie, and he was in the same position as me. I think we were just like. I mean, like on a just on like a bender for a long time and he was just like randomly i'm selling tickets to my downfall and everyone's buying them and i was like whoa that's exactly how i feel and then i looked at him i was like can i name an album after that he's like yeah i don't care <laughs> i think like i went to the studio the next day so this must have did this must have literally been in between bloody valentine Oh, no and way. Second day, which is like, wow. it must have happened. The title must have happened between the first and second day recording the, uh, the album. Because when I think about it, the second day we recorded, we recorded the title track, which is Tickets on My Downfall. So it's like, that's kind of crazy. Like, I, like Bloody Valentine's the first song we did. And then to just go to, we were at a bar and be drinking and he just says like this thing and I'm like oh yeah like that's literally exactly how I feel and what's happening can I use that he's like yeah and I went the next day and everything just fell under that I don't think I've ever went into an album by the way with the title which is sick yeah my first one. I've never like went in and been like this is what I'm gonna call it wow 
Yeah, it fits, man. Fits very well. That's nice when you have that right at the beginning as well. Something to kind of hang it all around. That's very, very cool. Definitely helps in that way. Couple of quick things before I let you go, man. Um, first of all, I mean, we keep mentioning Bloody Valentine. Let's talk about it because what? congratulations. What a huge success. I mean, it seems to, particularly in the US, just gone huge. Congrats on the BMA as well, by the way. Um, but that's really, really cool to see that one connect so well because it is. it was such a marker in the sound. Like, this is a pop punk song right here. It's for a new school generation, but it's a pop punk song. Why do you think that one in particular has kind of kind of taken off in the way that it has when i listen to that song in the playlists of uh like you know like pop punk rising playlists or things like that um none of the other songs had that tempo so i would assume that hearing some type of it's like when ocean avenue comes on by yellow card and you're just like driving around you're kind of just like man it's a bop dude it just, it's just a bop. It just, it like, and, and it's also one of those songs that I feel like every line is a tweet. That's true. That is kind of true to be fair. Relation just went bad, you know, like. Yeah, definitely connects well. Yeah, I think we need bops right now as well, don't we? In this kind of time, the bop is absolutely the rhythm we want right there, man. Right? You know, we need, we need bops and not pop. Very true. I will back you on that. That's the quote. That's the quote there. I like that. We need bops in that pop. You're so right. You're so right with that one. Um, man, it's really good to chat to you. One last thing I want to ask because we're obviously talking to everyone about live stuff. We all don't know when it's going to come back. Of course, we hope it's sooner rather than later. But one thing I have been asking people who are putting out records now like yourself, are there any moments in particular? I know you've got to play a couple of them live here and there for TV appearances and stuff. But is there anything you are just itching to get out in front of a crowd with? Any songs they haven't heard yet that you just know we're going to go off live. I won a VMA with Bloody Valentine and I have not performed Bloody Valentine in front of a soul. Dude. What in the fuck? <laughs> I mean, it's kind, of, it's kind of a flex though. That's kind of a flex. You won it and you haven't even played it live in front of anyone. That's actually the hardest flex ever. And I'm also like, <laughs> just make it a year so that I can just be like, this is the first time we've ever performed this song one year later. I've been waiting to be like, yo, the UK wants like the full force fucking rock and roll brought into their face. And like, they're, they're, they're waiting for certain people to do it. And like, yeah. I feel like I've had the blessing because I've been inter integrated with the UK culture since the beginning of my career. And like, I've also just, I'm just not, I'm not foreign to being there and being like, oh, you guys love guitars and drums, dude. Yeah. Like different than America loves them. Like you guys love guitars and drums. So as a person who just made an entire album revolved around guitars and drums, I'm like, please get me the fuck to the UK so I can finally give them what they've been wanting the entire time. You know what I mean? Like from me. So, so I'm obviously like dog. Like I, I played Brixton and it was close to sold out. Now I'm like, put me in Brixton so I could sell it out. Then put me in the O2. Like I tweeted three years ago or two years ago. I was like, I'm going to play the O2. I'm a little, and I was like, I'm going to do it next year. Okay. Didn't exactly nail the timing on it, but I'm going to play the O2 and I'm going to sell that fucking thing out. And now you can quote me. 
Thank you once again to Mr. Machine Gun Kelly. And if you want to watch the video of that conversation, like I say, all our interviews are up on the YouTube channel. Just search for Rock Sound and click on the video called playlist. And make sure you subscribe right now to the Rock Sound podcast. You can get audio of all our latest interviews the minute they drop. We'll be back very soon with a brand new interview. But in the meantime, I've been James Wilson Taylor, and we'll see you again soon on the Rock Sound podcast. <laughs>